This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Pony Stampede podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. This is a Mustang Monday coming off the loss to TCU over the weekend, 42-34. I think the the biggest thing is uh, I saw a little bit of it after the Maryland game, uh, but I think the uh, overreaction scale got some extra work. Uh, Saturday night and into Sunday and a little bit into today as well. Um, look, the the loss wasn't pretty. Um, certainly the start was frustrating. Uh, the finish was definitely frustrating. Um, but I think it's important for people to kind of keep a, a little bit of perspective here uh, early in the season. Again, it is week four. Um back-to-back games against Power 5 teams, and as much as SMU is making that push to become a Power 5 program, it is not yet. And that does make a big difference when it comes to recruiting and uh, just the overall quality of players you have on your team. Um, That is not to say that the players SMU has are not good, Um, I think they've done a very good job, obviously, in the portal this past year and have shown uh, ability to to work the portal in its favor over the past few years. And there have been some some good wins in the high school recruiting scene as well. But uh, at the end of the day, being uh, in a Power 5 conference really helps a team recruit. Um, And that's just kind of the way of the world. And... That's part of why SMU is is trying to take that next step because I think you give a couple years of, of this team having and this staff having uh, a Power 5 conference behind it and to add that to what this program and SMU and Dallas already have to offer, and I think that tips a lot of scales. Um, but let's get to it, the game. Um, obviously, the, the start, not pretty. Uh, TCU takes the opening drive. 74 yards, um, and really did not have too much trouble uh, taking it right down the field. Um, You know, I mean, it took five plays, and one of those plays was a a stuffed run. And, uh, you know, and one play was a one-yard pass, so... You take the 35-yard run to start the the drive. There was a 19-yard run and a 19-yard touchdown, and uh, and there you have it. Um, again, first drives of the game have not been SMU strong suit. Uh, the best one was uh, at Maryland, uh, but even that ended up getting nothing when they went for it on on fourth down uh, and didn't get anything. Uh, this time, it's a a nice pass early. And then two uh, 
two plays that go backwards, an incomplete pass, and a punt. Um, defense settled in, got a stop. Uh, really bright spot, I thought. Uh, Nelson Paul, uh, he had a sack and a half on back-to-back plays, teaming up uh, with Elijah Chapman on the, the second one. Uh, Nelson finished with three sacks on the day. The team finished with five. Um, I've got a story up on online right now about that and just kind of what that means to this group. Um, then again, uh, SMU's driving. Uh, they're at the TCU 25 when Tanner throws the interception. Um, it's third and nine. Uh, it would not have been a first down if Jake Bailey had caught it right there. The interception was made at the 19, uh, so it would have been a six-yard pass. Um, you know, who knows what, what happens there if there's a lot of what-ifs as, as far as if Bailey, you know, is able to catch it and get those uh, three extra yards. If uh, he catches it and it's fourth and three, you know, again, uh, fourth and three from the from the 19, do you go for it? After they just had scored a touchdown, do you take points? If it's just incomplete, do you kick the field goal? A lot of what-ifs there. Unfortunately, the interception leads to another touchdown, and it's 14 to nothing, kind of right off the bat. Uh, here's where I think uh, this SMU team showed some some really good good fight. Um, interception goes for the, then a touchdown, obviously. So um, SMU gets the ball back, and they just kind of start chipping away yard wise, which is kind of what what you say you have to do against a Joe Gillespie defense. Um, obviously there are two. Rasheed Rice draws a, a couple of uh, defensive pass interference calls on fourth and goal from the one. Uh, they go for the touchdown, and, and Siggers takes it in. Um, I think then obviously the first really deflating thing, the, the interception's deflating, but no points came. You know, the, the, the game kind of, it was still early, and you still kind of felt like there was a, a feeling out process. I think the biggest thing was after the touchdown, you get momentum. It's 14-7. You, you get a feeling like you might be getting back in the game. And then there's a 57-yard kickoff return into SMU territory. Uh, TCU needs just four plays to go the, the 43 yards they need uh, for the touchdown. Um, I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the kick coverage has not been good. Uh, to borderline bad. Uh, I think you see it on the opening kickoff. It's seven or eight yards deep. TCU brings it out. Now, they only get to the 26, which is a plus one as if if they took the touchback as opposed to getting it at the 25. But I think that more sends a message that we see something that you guys do poorly here, and we're not afraid to take a little risk to take an advantage uh, of that thing that you do not do well. Uh, you then see SMU try some different things with some some squib kicks, uh, some high kicks, um, and some different things there. But I think even maybe more so than that first interception, the kick return and then just a, a quick you know four play, less than fifty yard drive to to go back up by two hurts. Um, you then have SMU punting and then you have the 80 yard uh little 
flip play. Um, you know, I there are a lot of things to say about that. I know that was one of the the punts that maybe could have been downed um, near the goal line. I'm not sure that that's as big of a advantage or momentum swing as anything else. Uh, I think anytime you give up a one play touchdown drive, I don't care where it started from. Um, that's the, the bigger issue to me on that. Um, and then you do, you get some, you get some fight from, from SMU to, to keep themselves in it, be down only 28, 14 at halftime. Again, you know, TCU had almost two minutes when they got the ball back after, after the Rasheed Rice touchdown that made it 28 to 14. And they started from the 32. I mean, that's that's a situation where they could have at least gotten into field goal range or done something. But uh, you get the the Jalen Samuel uh, Paul Nelson uh, sack combo on third and 14. Uh, of course, they end up taking the the timeout to just throw the ball away. Uh, but that was big to then only be down two scores at halftime um, and kind of recovered a little bit again not a great uh series offensively coming out of the second half that's something that if the other team gets the ball first in the game you've got to find a way they did defensively in the first half they scored and then they got to stop and then you know just not able to do anything with then that first possession of the second half i will give them a little bit of an asterisk there uh I still think that the illegal motion penalty that negated the 10-yard pass play to Trey uh, was crap. Uh, I think it was a bad call. Um, and then things just kind of went went backwards from from there. Because that, that drive was going. You had Trey that had the good run on second down. You know, then have the 20-yard pass on, on third and six. Um, but on second and 10, you're able to get a 10-yard pass that should have been your first down, uh, you know, it becomes a five-yard penalty. Then at second and 15, you go backwards three yards, you throw an incomplete pass, and you're punting. Um, you know, again, really nice work by the SMU defense. Uh, it did not hurt that TCU got a personal foul penalty uh, there in the middle of it. But again, I think that's where you have to give the players and the coaching staff credit because SMU didn't get those silly um, after-the-play-doing-too-much kind of penalties uh, that TCU did pick a couple up. Um, I think the biggest thing that really kind of maybe showed you a lot was then uh, eventually TCU does punt it. It's down at the two. SMU's down... 28-14, it's late-ish in the third quarter, and they're backed up at their own end zone. Uh, Trey had a couple nice rushes. Um, You know, he got the ball the first three plays and goes 22 yards with it uh, that gets you, you know, out of the the shadow. There was the nice 30-yard pass to Moochie, and then ultimately on on 4th and 10, uh, you get the 45-yard pass to Bailey that almost gets in. Trey 
uh, stuff set up the middle, and it's a ball game from there. And then it's just back and forth. Um, you know, got the stop immediately, and then it was uh, Tanner's second interception that hurt there. I mean, you're in a position, and granted, yes, it's you're still in your own own side of the field, but um, you've you're coming off a big pass play again, a, a third and eleven. Um, conversion on a on a 17 yard pass to Jake Bailey who just had a monster game um and then uh it goes um goes away pretty quick in a hurry uh Moochie slips uh in post game coach Lashley talked about Moochie making a move to go behind the defender um and then when he kind of saw the ball that's when he tried to redirect and slipped um, might not have been a great pass. I think if your receiver stays on his feet, he at least does enough that it's not a an interception. And even if it is an interception, it's then not a 32 yard return almost back to uh, actually past where SMU's line of scrimmage was to again set up a, a short touchdown drive. Uh, you know, that really hurt not just the interception, but then the return. Um, and just. Uh, TCU being able to to flip that on on SMU and and get back uh, ahead by two scores. Um, SMU does do a nice job uh, answering that, getting another touchdown. Obviously, Trey's third of the of the game, um, and then I think well, this this was the other one that hurt a little bit when you get to a point that SMU was, you know, you get the the delay of game penalty to start, and then the next play is an 11-yard rush. They convert on third and three. You then have them go backwards on first down. It's second and 13. You're thinking, hey, maybe, you know, we get a stop. We get the ball back. Um, and then uh, they break off a 63-yard a touchdown run. Um, the only good thing about that is, they took not much time off the clock. I mean, it was less than three minutes for that scoring drive. If you're going to give up a scoring drive, have it be like that. Um, SMU comes back. You get the uh, Jake Bailey touchdown. It's um, And then you have the two-point conversion. Uh, again, wasn't a fan of it, uh, as it was called. Uh, it seemed weird. Uh, I understand Lashley's explanation. Uh, it makes sense to me. Um, I still don't know that I necessarily agree with it, but if you're going to do something like that, you better have an explanation. It better make sense. Uh, I think he had both of those saying, look, in that game, if we get the ball back with a chance to tie and score a touchdown. We're not going to go for the tie in overtime. We're going to we're going to play for the win. So we've got to have a two-point conversion anyway. Might as well do it now. If we get it, then when that touchdown comes, we kick the extra point and win the game. If we don't, then you get the second chance at it to tie the game and go to overtime. Um it's it's not awful thinking. Um it's an interesting choice. Um, you you can uh, agree or disagree with it. 
on on either side of that, and I think there's probably plenty of that to go around. Um, I certainly got uh, two or three text messages about um, why in the world are they doing it. I didn't have a good answer for them then. I had a slightly better one after uh, after Lashley's press conference, which which I think you can can swallow. Uh, but man, uh, the the ending the ending was tough, you know. Coming off that touchdown, there's barely over a minute. You just, you felt like if SMU could just get the ball back. You know, the offense had kind of been clicking. Uh, The Mordecai-Bailey connection was doing a lot of good. They had gotten Corrales involved. Um, You know, they they were kind of doing some things. This offense is built for big plays. So you felt like if they could get the ball back in a one score game, backs against the wall that they might be able to to claw their way out defense does what you need them to do stop after one yard stop after three yards timeouts after both uh and then man tcu just hands it on a platter with trying that little inside toss uh i'm still not entirely sure what happened there i think the receiver maybe got there early um or it slipped on on uh max i'm not really sure but either way uh, ball hit the turf and ended up being an incomplete pass. Saved SMU its last time out. Um, they're punting with 40-ish, like 40 seconds left um, is when SMU would have gotten the ball when the ball was down uh, with 42 seconds left. 42 seconds in a timeout in college football is, is a lot, uh, especially for an offense that plays fast. Um, unfortunately, you have the, the leaping... Uh, personal foul penalty and uh the offense never gets back on the field um i am going to get into some of your guys's reaction to this my reaction to it and a very very brief very brief look uh at ucf when we return this is the pony stampede podcast we'll be right back It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Again, I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. Uh This is a Mustang Monday where we're kind of recapping the, the TCU game, getting into some overreactions and a brief look at UCF. Um, let's look at overreaction number one. Uh, the special teams are terrible. Um, I'm just going to... Uh, the, the biggest thing I'm fighting on this is lumping all the special teams together. Um... Colin Rogers has been very, very good uh, as a true freshman kicking extra points and field goals. Um, and I always 
butcher his name, so I'm sorry to Ryan, but Buchevsky has been a solid punter. Um, you know, he he gives you uh, some hang time. He certainly gives you distance. He gives you a chance to down those punts inside the 20. Um, I know that really didn't happen. Uh, there was one that I think SMU really had a shot to. The other one I'm not so sure. Uh, and he still had of the four punts, one of them was down inside the 20. Um, so I think you, you kind of have to take that. Uh, but kickoff coverage has been bad. Um, Hall, it seemed like uh, the UNT game, he was just blasting them through the end zone. I was on the field for some of that game, especially at the beginning uh, and at the end. I don't remember the wind uh, being a major factor in it. I could be wrong. That was a few weeks ago. There's been a lot of football and craziness since then. Um, but since kind of in, as it's gone, it seems like teams are picking up that the SMU coverage might not be great. So even when he does kick it, you know, I mean, kickoffs that go anywhere from five to 10 yards deep in the end zone, uh, really shouldn't be returned, especially with getting the ball at the 25 these days. Uh, so the fact that teams are returning that, uh, signals that they've seen something. Um, you know, when they did it on the first one, they real they only got that net one, but obviously then had the the really big return that set up a a very short field um, for the to go back up twenty one seven. So I'll I'll give that, but I don't know, and I don't think punt coverage has been bad either. There haven't really been many returns. I feel like it's mostly been fair catches or or the ball being downed, or the couple touchbacks. Um, but I don't remember seeing anybody break one off of a off of a punt uh, on this group. Um, so I'm not I'm not ready to throw all the special teams under the bus. Um, I do think there needs to be whether it's a personnel shift, whether it's a different approach. There has to be something on kickoff coverage because if teams continue to see this, they will continue to take advantage of it. And uh, even if like in this game, even if it only gives them one time with a really short field and they score a touchdown off of that, that's one touchdown that maybe you didn't have to give up, but you did because of kickoff coverage. So I'm starting with that one because I I certainly see where some of it's coming from. Not ready to throw them all under the bus just yet. Second is uh, putting Preston Stone in for Tanner Mordecai. Uh, look, I, um, now that the season started, our access is, uh, ridiculously limited. It's 20 minutes at the start of, of two practices. Um, and there's not a whole lot that goes on during those 20 minutes to really, uh, see or, or find out or know too much. Um, I will say there seemed to be a little bit of a gap in the spring between Tanner and Preston. Uh, that gap got pretty significant uh, in mine and a lot of our eyes that were watching it um, in fall camp. And look, at the end of the day, coaches want to win. Um, I, I'm sure the relationship between all of them is is good, coaches, players, all of that. But look, if Preston Stone could win either one of these last two football games... In the coach's eyes, Preston Stone is in the game to win these football games. Um, you know, there—it's not 
NFL where you've got an owner or GM saying, no, we're paying this guy uh, $14 million. We're paying this guy $2 million to be his backup. We're, we're playing the starter. Um, I know they're NIL deals now, but um, that's, that's just not the case. Um, uh, I don't think uh, that was really ever a possibility. I think the fact that Tanner took a really hard hit was out for a play and then was right back in says something. I think Lashley talking about um, how hard of a hit that was that Mordecai took and how much he really felt it uh, in the post game, and we still didn't see Preston. I think says a lot. Um, I I don't know if it's protecting Preston to not put him in bad situations. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'm not in the room. They aren't asking my opinion. Um, I think. Wanting uh, to bench Tanner and go with Preston the rest of the way is is definitely an overreaction. Um, you know, and a, a couple of you said not even necessarily that, but just give him a series, see if there's a a changeup that can can do something there. Um, again, I I can see at times where that can can work and that can be effective. I'm not sure against TCU's defense or even Maryland's defense last week. Uh, those are really the times to do it. Um, just based on who you're playing there. Uh, overreaction number three that I might be uh, spearheading a little bit is worries about the run game. Um, I know TCU's defense is not easy to run against. Um, I know some of the yards that they gave up to Colorado in the run game in the opener were kind of due to what that game was. Um, but still 104 yards rushing on 37 attempts. Um, I mean, it's a it's an under three average. And yes, there were some sacks in there. I know that those go in there. Um, but even when you talk about your individual runners, um, you know, I, I'm not saying they aren't running hard. I, I just, there's a disconnect somewhere in Who's running the ball, the run blocking, and the play calling? And something kind of has to be found there. Uh, I've really liked what I've seen from from Velton uh, Gardner. I think he and Trey Siggers are your one-two right now. Um, we'll have to see this week. Uh, I don't remember seeing TJ McDaniel on the field at all uh, this past week. Um, he certainly didn't get uh, on the stat sheet. And Kamar Wheaton still just isn't quite there. Um, I know that's frustrating. I know, you know, when you get a guy like that, you know, kind of like how, how a lot of you feel with Preston Stone. You know, you, you get a guy like that and you want to see what he can do out there. You want to turn him loose. You want to you wanna get those, those results right away. Um, I think you've got to be a little patient with, with both of them, especially when there are more than capable guys ahead of them right now who are in better positions to make things happen uh, to win. That being said, in order to win, you have to be able to run the ball for more than 104 yards at a better than 2.8 yard average. Um, and that's just, that's just the way it is. And unfortunately that's been a little bit of a question mark. Um, you know, I mean, Velton averages, you know, 4.3 yards a carry. Trey gets at 3.2. 
against a Joe Gillespie defense, that's not bad. Um, but still, there there just has to be a little something more in the run game, and and whether that's you know really defining. Here's our one. Here's our two. Which maybe they did this last week with Trey having 19 carries, Velton having nine, Kamar having two. Uh, nothing from TJ and and nothing from Levine. Um, you know, I th- I think that's a an establishment in the right direction um, as far as they're concerned of of having a one-two punch there. Um, if TJ is health, if he was held out because he wasn't healthy, um, obviously him. Being healthy and getting into the game is a wrinkle that we'll see and will maybe, you know, test the coaches to to fight, um, you know, for that, that fight between those three to to find out the top two and, and really the top one. I think it'd be interesting to see um, if Velton at some point overtakes Trey for getting the, uh, the lion's share of the carries um, at some point. I think he's proven he can handle it. Um, he's obviously a a veteran guy that has played against uh, Power 5 defenses uh, in his career, so that might give him an advantage there, um, and we'll see, you know. Uh, and ultimately, the biggest uh, overreaction I've seen is that the results from the last two weeks mean that this is a good enough football team that's going to get some mediocre results, Um you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, moral victories, one point, one possession losses, uh, don't count for anything. Um, no, I mean, look, moral victories, nobody's playing for moral victories in college football. Um, and certainly not this program anymore. There was a time when SMU would take moral victories left and right. Uh, we're, we're past that now. At the same time, losing by one possession at Maryland... Losing to them by the same score that they then went to Michigan and lost by. Um, there were quite a few people talking about how how the 17-point spread for them uh, against Michigan was way too low and there's no way they'd even cover that. Well, maybe Maryland is a good football team. You know, maybe Maryland isn't the elite of the Big Ten, but maybe they're a good football team with, with good players. They're not going to win the Big Ten because there are the elite teams in that conference, um, named Michigan and Ohio State mostly. Um, but they're going to finish, uh, you know, in the top half of the the conference. I feel like they're going to be in that top part of the middle pack. Um, that's a good football team. The Big Twelve is is a mess. I think as as demonstrated last week with. Texas losing to Tech, Oklahoma losing to Kansas State. You know, who knows what's going to happen any given uh, day in that conference. But again, as much as we might not like to admit it as SMU people, that's not a bad TCU football team. They've got good players. And again, the the two-point conversion attempt skews it a little bit. That was a one-touchdown game. And if this was a bad football team with bad coaches... When the score became 28-7, to it all would have snowballed out of control. The score would have ended up being 60-something to 14. SMU would have been flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct penalties left and right for being emotional and playing past the whistle and things like that. And that just didn't happen. And I think that says a lot about this group, um, both uh, 
in uniforms and uh, in headsets that it didn't get out of control, that SMU fought to get right back into the game and fought till the end and pretty much gave themselves a chance at the end. Uh, they did also take that chance away from themselves. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, those two games aren't going to define the season. They certainly don't have anything to do with what this team can do in conference play. Uh, that starts this week, maybe, uh, hurricane permitting. Um, I think everybody just kind of needs to take a, a step back and, and take a, take a moment. I mean, I think there were, there were two Lashley quotes from the end of the press conference that I thought stood out. Uh, one was, we said at the beginning of the year that we have 50 new players on this team, and for them to play as hard and as well together as they do is a big deal. We've just got to continue to get better and play better. Playing hard, playing physical, and playing together gives you a chance. We've had chances. We've got to play better to finish some of those games against really good teams, which pretty much every game the rest of the way is like that. We've got to pick ourselves up as we get ready for conference play. I mean, that's a coach who knows what he's got and what this team has done and knows that it hasn't been good enough these last two weeks, knows that moral victories aren't enough, and knows that this team has to be better and will go and work to make this team better. Uh, the other one um, is going back to what I said about you know how they handled uh, the game, especially getting down by that much. Um, he said, I, I do think they handled it, being the emotions, Fine. I don't think we had any un unsportsmanlike or late hit penalties. It did get a little chippy there. Rivalry games are supposed to. I thought the officials did a good job on both sides of keeping it in check, not letting it get out of control. Down 28 to 7, I'd say we didn't get too emotional because if we got emotional, it could have got ugly real quick. Our guys stayed in the moment. They did what we said. They kept playing and got us back in the game. That says a lot because that means the players have bought in. If you don't buy in, I don't care what your coach is telling you when you're down 28-7, you're not listening. So they've bought in, and then you got to trust the coaches because what they were saying down 28-7 clearly worked to pull themselves back in the game. Um, you know, I, it's, it's four games. Uh, it's back-to-back -back games against two of the toughest teams they'll see all season. And I'll say it, they're now going to have a third straight game against one of the toughest teams they'll play all season. And they're playing them in probably the toughest place they'll play all season, where just UCF is ridiculously good at home. Um, but this is where I think you'll see some things. I think even in games that you know could have expanded the brand or impressed people making decisions about... Uh, realignment, which I don't think they're taking just one or two games in a season uh, under consideration, let alone just one season under consideration when it comes to realignment. But, you know, these first four games were really about kind of figuring some things out about this team to get ready for conference play. That starts now. Okay, so now are some of the whether they're true freshmen, the, the guys that maybe they were getting on kick coverage uh, to get some experience, are they now sitting down for some more experienced guys to, to fit some lanes better? Uh, somebody commented about that on uh, the TCU reaction post on the, the Boulevard message board. Um, you know, you, you'll see those kinds of things start happening now where 
guys who were maybe getting some playing time to either just get experience and then red shirt or, you know, whatever they were doing, uh, if it wasn't working, they're not going to stick with it now. They're going to go with something that they think will work better. Because uh, this is conference play. This team has talked since before spring about winning a conference championship. Um, I know in my time as an SMU student uh, covering this team for the, the student newspaper, uh, there, there, there certainly were no talks about winning a conference championship then. Um <clears throat> You know, I was I was working in Georgia uh, through most of the June Jones years um, to know how much that was maybe talked about behind closed doors. But I certainly don't remember, you know, reading stories or seeing posts about players talking about winning uh, a conference title uh, back in those days. Um, so look, this this team knows what it wants to do, and that starts now. So I think we can we can overanalyze uh the first four games and certainly the last two all we want um this is where it matters uh this is what matters the players know it the coaches know it um and i i I think we'll know a lot more about this team um after this first conference game uh that being said i will be in orlando weather permitting game permitting uh, for the game this weekend against the Knights. Uh, they are dominant at home. Uh, what, they've lost three times since 2017, and one of those was a close game against Louisville earlier this year. Um, they just don't lose games at home. They really don't lose conference games at home. Uh, SMU will try to change that. Um, I've got, like I said uh, earlier in the podcast, got a story about Jake Bailey's massively breakout uh performance uh this past weekend uh and just kind of what he can mean to this offense moving forward uh have a story about the defense finally getting some not just pressure to the quarterback but getting the quarterback down to the ground and picking up some sacks um and then uh as always we meet with uh the coordinators on tuesday mornings uh usually get a player or two there and then uh coach lashley talks and usually get a player on wednesday and I will have uh, stories and or quotes uh, from those days. I'll also have a preview up. Um, I'll reach out to the, the UCF 24-7 side and, and see what we can maybe jointly do or, or help each other out with uh, leading up to this one. Um, I expect things to be a little more civil uh, with that group. More like the Maryland group than the than the TCU group this past week, um, and we'll go from there. Uh, I should give you uh, another little podcast here uh, midweek, um, and then hopefully one before the game. Obviously, travel and weather and the game actually happening will dictate a lot of the stuff for the rest of the week. But keep it on PonyStampede.com. Keep up with the message boards. Keep up with the story posts um i will also have a non-football story coming this week um but it's got an interesting angle it, i i think uh, it'll be a pretty good read um so stick here like subscribe make sure you get the the podcast sent to you when they drop 
Uh, make sure your Pony Stampede 24-7 subscription is up to date because you don't want to miss any of the VIP stories or VIP conversations. Uh, and as always, go Mustangs.